0: Hey guys, just a quick disclaimer. We will be discussing Santa Claus tonight and some harsh truths and realities potentially. So if you have young ears, maybe divert them to another one of our episodes where they can really enjoy the Christmas spirit along with us. I just wanted to give you a heads up. We are not here to ruin anybody's Christmas experience. Thanks. Okay, people. Tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh my God!
1: Would you please tell him that instead of Christmas this year, I just want my family back.
2: Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight?
3: It must be magic. I must
0: find some way to keep Christmas from coming.
1: Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas.
3: Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing.
1: Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear.
0: And we're back for another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive three hundred and sixty-five days a year. I'm Julia.
3: I'm Tom. I'm Anthony. I was gonna interrupt. And you. that's
0: out of order and that makes me a little squinchy. <laughs> <laughs> My OCD is kicking in. Um, we're back, guys. And oh my gosh, we are post Thanksgiving, which means we are so much closer to Christmas.
1: Nobody can fault any of you listening to this podcast for being in the Christmas spirit at this point.
0: No. I would it fault. Felt you like not.
3: Christmas the other day in New York because we got a lot of snow. Oh,
0: That's awesome. No, that
3: awesome. it was not awesome. We got a lot more than expected and new york and new jersey were not prepared for it the roads shut down i was lucky because our office let us go at 1 p.m in anticipation so i got home right before it started but sarah left work at 4 15 and what's normally a 15 20 minute ride for her she didn't get home till 10 p.m that's how (gasps) bad the roads are backed up and closed and slowed down and that was oh not the anomaly. All most of my friends three to four to five hours to get home. There are videos online of the traffic jams in this mess, and it was awful for some reason. So they predicted one to three inches. Uh, sorry, they predicted three to four inches. We ended up getting like seven to eight, and that's we've had that before. We can handle seven to eight, but for some reason the roads. Maybe they didn't expect it this early this year, that much this early, but they were not prepared
1: and uh, it was, it was a scene.
0: Oh my gosh. I can't believe it took that long for people to get home.
1: Yeah. Well, no, I get mad if my, I get, well, not mad. I get frustrated if my trip home takes an extra six minutes.
0: (laughs) Not four hours. Oh, poor Sarah. Oh, I'm so sorry. (gasps) Oh, they look so good. Awesome.
3: Our I love listeners, Tom just showed us the Tisa Podcast Christmas card that we will be sending out to all of our Patreon. To Yay. all our on Patreon. So, yeah, that's a look forward to. The lucky, card too. lucky
1: people. Most of you should have this by the time you hear this on the podcast.
3: Will Julia and I be on this mailing list as well?
1: Of course. How could you not
3: get one Yay. of our cards?
0: It'll <laughs> <laughs> be my first Christmas card of the season, right? Because I'm not supposed to count Anthony's. That was like a bonus card. Isn't that what we that discussed? That was.
3: You will be getting a proper Christmas card in a few weeks. Nice.
1: I do have to tell you all about this really odd Slack conversation that we had. I'm still a little afraid, okay? <laughs> Julia answered <laughs> and said, I need both of your addresses and t-shirt size and favorite color and favorite brand of toothpaste. Don't ask questions. <laughs>
3: What made me laugh about that, Tom, is me and you are not always in sync, but we were in sync with all of our preferences there. Holy cow!
1: We were like our, we had the same shirt size. The only thing we didn't have, I don't have a preference on toothpaste. I do whatever Christine brings home. But um, yeah, our favorite t shirt colors. Yeah. Our favorite, every, wow, it was just weird. And I like, but I do like how Anthony. Uh, denoted his favorite kind of toothpaste and even went so far as to tell you the box color to make it easy.
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> he was specific. I got a kick out of that.
3: <laughs> well, it's because there are like five million different boxes for that brand. I had, to, <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was like extra whitening or sparkling or dazzling. So I was just like the purple one that says extra something. <laughs>
1: Did either of you guys sign up for the Reddit Secret Santa this year? I did not. There's still time. It's so much fun. How long do I have to sign up? Uh, you can still sign up now. Well, not by the time this is dropping, I don't think. You have until November 26th.
0: Okay. I can make that happen.
1: Sharing it in Slack, so you guys have no excuse not to make this happen. How ironic would it be if we got paired up? That would
3: be so funny.
0: That would be so funny.
1: <laughs> I I
3: still wish we... uh did a secret santa for our listeners maybe next year
1: we should or we could do one in christmas in july and not even wait
0: oh i love that let's do that that's awesome let's do that
1: guys did
3: you speaking of our listeners did you see they gave us more downloads already this november than we got last december
0: oh my goodness i think people are pretty excited about the season
3: i think so too
0: i am me too I mean, I can't believe we're so close. And it's getting into the hot season, as we like to call it in the biz. No, stupid. We're not really in the biz. But it's getting into movies like this, one we're discussing tonight, 1994's Miracle on 34th Street, that like really stoked the excited for, for Christmas fires for me. Because, I mean, it's iconic, right?
1: It is. I'm really kind of stressed, though, about this. Because I don't know how to talk about it without referencing the original, and I really don't think we should talk about the original since we haven't
0: covered it yet. Yeah, well, I had the same struggle too.
3: Yeah, I was thinking about that too, and I agree with you. For once, <laughs> I don't know. We we've been able to talk about films without referencing the sequels or anything. We're just pretend this is its own film. I know that's hard, but
1: I know that's what I'm saying. I'm gonna have a hard time with that. So if I if I start to uh, if I start to speak off, speak about the old one, I need one of you guys to cut me off and say no.
0: Okay, same goes for me because I'm sure I'll be tempted. So, Tom, do you want to go ahead and give a synopsis for anybody who's maybe not seen this movie?
1: I will. Six-year-old Susan discovers dreams do come true if you really believe. She's had her doubts about childhood's most enduring miracle, Santa Claus. Her mother told her the quote-unquote secret about him a long time ago, so Susan doesn't expect to receive the most important gifts on her Christmas list. But after meeting a special department store Santa who's convinced he's the real thing, Susan is given the most precious gift of all, something to believe in. I love
3: that. That was a
1: good one. Did you write that it? That was a good one. No, I jacked it from IMDb.
0: Well, well I done, wish I, could,
1: I wish I could claim that one. That one was good.
0: <laughs> um, okay, well, let's get right into histories. Um, we are talking about the 1994 Miracle on 34th Street. So, um, Tom, what's your history with this version of a Miracle on 34th Street?
1: I remember seeing this in 1995 when it was on VHS and renting it from our local grocery store. I remember, yeah, we used to go to Kroger and they had a little video section. And for some reason, this movie reminded me of that entire experience. I can remember in my head even like walking into the store and where the videos were. Um, but I remember getting this one and we all watched it as a family with both of my grandparents and my great grandmother. And it just, it's, it's always had this, this, it evokes these positive memories of, of the Christmas season for me. And when I watched it this time, it, it did the same. How about you, Anthony? So
3: 1994 was a great year for Christmas movies because I'm pretty sure this was released one week apart from the Santa Claus. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, wow,
0: I didn't realize that.
3: I did not see this movie in theaters, but I remember having to VHS um, when it came out later that year or early the next year, whenever it came out back then. And it got a lot of viewing time in my house because I remember the the box falling apart by the time uh, DVD (laughs) started rolling around. Um, But I love this film. I've always loved this film. This film has one of my favorite Santas, some of my favorite Santa moments. And, uh, you know, it's right up there with Elf for me in terms of how they portray New York City as a whole at Christmas time. And uh, I think this film, like National Lampoon, is another good transition film from Thanksgiving to Christmas because it starts out around Thanksgiving, right? The parade. Cole's mm-hmm. parade, since Macy's wouldn't let them use their name. But uh, does Macy's
0: think. have to lose, honestly.
3: They could have thought this was going to be a crappy remake and were like, we don't want to be associated with that when <laughs> the original is so iconic.
0: Just don't get it.
1: Um, also, I need to specify the Coles in this is spelled C O L E S, not K O H L apostrophe S, which is what I thought
0: for all my these kids years. Did the same thing.
3: Do you, do you know the <laughs> hilarious? How Coles wishes they had department stores that big.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so my history, I did see this in the movie theater with my family. Um, I remember the poster. Um, that I, I'm assuming was also the cover of the video with uh, Richard Attenborough as Santa looking up at the light post. Is that right?
3: Mm-hmm. Is that no. kind of the... The VHS cover was a close-up shot of Mara Wilson and Richard Attenborough staring at each other like she's sitting on his lap.
0: Okay, the light post one is the one I remember. That was like the movie poster, if I remember correctly. Oh, it's it's him. Yeah, Richard Attenborough looking up at the street sign that says 34th street with the Santa hat on it and it's snowing in the background. So that's the movie poster. I remember when we went and saw it in the theaters, seeing movies in theaters is kind of a long family history for me and my family, especially around the holidays. Uh, It's the one thing my dad never minded paying money for. He really enjoys the movie experience. So it was, I'll just never forget seeing this one in theaters um with them and we all walked out and it's just one of those you really enjoy so much so when you walk out you're excited to talk about it and all the favorite parts you know um i've always loved this movie it's always been a part of my christmas season and it's it is quintessentially christmas for me so it's winning on all parts uh like anthony said the new york stuff is awesome the santa is amazing Um, And there are moments in this movie that are unmatched for me in other movies, especially Santa-themed movies. So I'm excited to talk about it, needless to say. Um, Let's briefly run through the credits. Um, So it was directed by Les Mayfield, who's known for Encino Man, Flubber, and Blue Streak. I'm assuming that's the newer Flubber with Robin Robin Williams. Williams. I, um,
3: I like that movie. I'm sorry. But I, that's because of Robin Williams. I, oh, I Right.
0: Yeah. Um, Valentine Davis is who wrote the story um, with the screenplay, the 1947 screenplay is written by George Seaton, and the 1994 screenplay written by John Hughes. How you like them apples? I don't think I ever realized that I until I either. watched this and saw the billing. Um, and that seemed right. When I saw it, I was like, okay, all right, street cred. I knew I liked it and I knew it was good. I guess that's why. You know, Um, John Hughes did a
3: lot more Christmas films than I realized he did. Like, he's done a lot, he's come up a lot in this year and a half of the podcast.
0: Yes, that makes me like him more. I mean, I liked him a whole lot to begin with, by the way, but even cooler that he had his hand in so many awesome Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. So, our cast is led by. Uh, Richard Attenborough, who plays Chris Kringle in this movie, um arguably my favorite Santa of all time.:
3: His beard uh, is too short. His beard is too it is short, short, and his teeth it. are not uh appealing.:
0: No, but he seemed warm and I don't know. The teeth didn't bother me. like I noticed them, but I don't they didn't necessarily take away from me.
3: We'll get into this later when we talk about our favorite scenes, but I'll say this for him. as my favorite Santa scene of all time.
0: So you may also have seen Richard in such movies as Jurassic Park, where he played John Hammond, um, The Lost World, The Great Escape with Steve McQueen, the original Dunkirk. He was also in Elizabeth, Hamlet, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, Dr. Doolittle, and David Copperfield. So to say –
3: So he doesn't have a lot of range.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) He's hit pretty much every classic, honestly. (laughs) It's pretty remarkable. And to play Santa on top of that's pretty great. I know him also for his narration of the Blue Planet, which is, I don't know if you've seen it, the documentary about the oceans is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, He has a great voice. We have Dory Walker, which is the mom played by Elizabeth Perkins, um, best known for Flintstones, Moonlight and Valentino, Finding Nemo king of the hill must love dogs weeds ghostbusters this is us and sharp objects not to mention big
3: <laughs> i love elizabeth perkins and all of those things but yeah. i want to give her a shout out especially for weeds because she played the witchiest character on that show which i feel is against type for her in a lot of things and she.
0: Pulled up. oh yeah she's so beautiful she's got that classic look um, which I know we're not going to dabble in the original at all, but I will say I like the classic feel of this movie. I think it lends a lot to New York too, and I'm sure a lot of it had to do with the 1994 time frame also. But well, um, funny
3: thing about that, there's a bit of trivia about that. He purposefully lit every scene so it looked like everybody was glowing. He would put lamps over their heads to give it that classic feel, and it totally worked because it feels. Oh yeah old-fashioned.
0: It does, and I really love that about it. Um, So Brian Bedford, which is the love interest um, and the lawyer, is played by Dylan McDermott, who's best known for Steel Magnolias, the 1989 comedy Twister, Home for the Holidays, In the Line of Fire, Party Monster, The Practice is probably where I know him best from. Um, the Perks of Being a Wallflower, Olympus Has Fallen, and most recently, An American Horror Story, which I don't watch, but you do, right, Anthony?
3: I do. He's not in every season. He was in the first season and this most recent season. So, Dylan McDermott in general, not the biggest fan of. Really? Um, I feel like he's another, uh, who's the one from The Christmas Tree? In Dur- train Dermot train Mulrooney. Mulrooney where he's <laughs> yeah he somehow ends up in movies uh, I feel are bigger than him with better people in it <laughs> but.
0: he's so pretty though <laughs> the Dermots and McDillons and whatever they are they're all they're all so pretty so I, I enjoyed him in this one, but he's beautiful, so why, what's not to enjoy? Um, you have The Child, Susan Jones, is played by Mara Wilson, which she started acting at five, I would say is most notably known for her role in Mrs. Doubtfire as the youngest of the, doubt, of the children. But she's also been in Melrose Place, Matilda, she headlined in Matilda, um, and then Thomas and the Magic Railroad and BoJack Horseman.
3: If you're not following her on Twitter, she is a hoot to follow. I really like her Twitter. Really? Yes.
0: Oh, I need to check that out. And then I wanted to mention offhand because like all good movies we revisit in our adulthood after having some time away. There are some hilarious teeny tiny roles in this movie because they're actors that are a thing now that that weren't a thing then. And I kind of look back on them and think that maybe it's where they got their start. So in the asylum, they end up putting Chris Kringle in while he's awaiting trial. Um, Horatio Sands is a worker there. Most notable for his role on Saturday Night Live as a comedian, which I thought was hilarious that he showed up here. And then um, the first customer at Kohl's you see that really is vocal about the fact that their Santa is sending people to other places for a better deal is Allison Janney, who is awesome.
3: Did you notice the elf who was helping put the kids on the lap?
0: Was she famous?
3: She's some. I mean, she was on the hit TV show House. It was Dr. Cameron, one of House's three original. Uh, was it
0: really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. She was young.
3: Yeah, she was like a teenager.
0: Oh my goodness. So, like some big it was just funny to me and there's like Daphne from uh Frazier was in the movie and kind of the villain role a little bit and then you have JT Walsh is the prosecutor and he pops up in lots of tv and movie roles and I know him best from the x-files um which we've also discussed on here but well, the um judges just I,
3: lots of- I see the judge in a lot of stuff too He has a very familiar face. I know he's been in a lot. I can't name what he's been in, but he's definitely been in a lot.
0: Absolutely. So there's quite a few notable faces in this movie, whether they're minor roles or major roles. Um, So that's always fun for me. I like it when they do that. Um, So general discussion about the movie. This is one of those Christmas movies that hits pretty hard on is Santa real or not. And I'm always concerned watching these movies around other kids. Right or around young kids that are teetering on that age of belief, because I, it always worries me a little bit that it's going to speed it up. Right, if they're super rational, do y'all feel that way when it comes to stuff like this?
3: Well, it's funny you bring that up because Sarah, she said this movie and the Santa Claus were when well, she saw them both in '94 were the ones that started putting thoughts into her head specifically, <laughs> despite the fact that both of those movies, in the end. Had the message, of course Santa Claus is real. But they were. Right. Because she was always like, huh. well, if Santa Claus is real, how come none of the adults believe in him? How come Santa was put on trial, et cetera, et cetera? So, right. So every time we watch these movies around Christmas, she's always like, you know, I don't know how more how these don't make more kids get certain thoughts.
1: I don't either. And she's 100% right. Yeah. If, because, okay, we're going to put a spoiler alert at the beginning or a warning at the beginning of this episode or you're going to have to cut out what I say, either one. So none of these adults believe, you know, the same thing with um, the Polar well, Express. Brian believes. Right, oh, true. Well, right. but like with Polar Express, with not hearing the bell anymore, if you have kids and there are a mysterious presence under your tree, I mean, why wouldn't you believe? It just, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, 100%. That all of these adults don't believe, but he's real, I don't, I, it just, it, it's difficult.
3: And if they don't believe, they would be very concerned that there is somebody going into the houses on Christmas Eve, not stealing, (laughs) but eating their food and leaving gifts.
0: (laughs) Ethan said, Ethan said when we were watching this, or no, Ethan was watching another video about Santa Claus. Uh, So Gabe, my seven-year-old, has been watching videos on how Santa's real, like those hidden camera documentaries that, that, that show the logs moving at a certain point of night and, and like all the stuff that is real. And so Ethan's been watching it with him and he made some comment. He's like, if I was upstairs and I heard somebody wrangling around downstairs, I'm not coming down to see who it is. I'm staying in my room. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, I'm not getting into that. So there, I guess there is that point of reason. What always made me nervous with this movie in particular is there is a point where Susan so Susan's mom has, has, like Tom said in the synopsis, has basically come out and said, hey, Santa's not real. You know, we do this stuff for you and we want you to be, or I want you to be realistic with your expectations in life. And it's because she's been burned in the past and that's why she's like that with her daughter. But when she tells her, uh, when Susan's like, what if I want to believe? And she's like, hey, you know, believe what you want to believe. She said, why don't you ask Santa for something and don't tell me what it is. And if that present's there on Christmas morning, you'll know for sure that he's real or not. And I remember when I was younger hearing that and being like, that's a great idea. I'm <laughs> going to do that. <laughs> it's, it's
3: a dangerous idea, right?
0: It's, it's an extremely dangerous <laughs> idea. <laughs> I love the payoff
3: though from that at the very beginning and how the movie wrapped up. I really I did. do. Too.
0: Yeah. I do too. So the arc of this movie is great. Um, You have Susan and her mom that do not believe. You have this Santa come into the picture who is magical and completely convincing.
3: Um, I do have a problem with him though, besides the teeth. What? I don't like how uh, vigorous he apparently whips his reindeer. I don't believe Santa would uh, partake in such animal abuse like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a magic whip. <laughs> well, I would say
3: that. Yeah, I mean, but he, they
0: obviously love he, him.
1: He's a—he's uh, also got a violent streak here, right? Oh yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> he does have some <laughs> anger issues. So he gets hired by Coles after saving the Thanksgiving Day parade by being the Santa. Coles hires him as their Santa, and it generates a ton of really good business for Coles and their competitor, which, by the way, the most depressing looking shop ever, Shopper Express. With those people dressed up like Russians outside, I don't understand the marketing <laughs> of Shoppers Express or Shopper Express.
3: Can I can I say, since you brought up Shoppers Express, one of the things that took me by surprise sitting down to watch this film to talk about it for this show, and it's not a criticism per se, it's really not, because this isn't attracting points from me or whatever. It's how cartoony the villains in this movie were and just yeah. some aspects outside of the villains were throughout the movie like so this movie came out the same years as santa claus mm-hmm. and the santa claus stole the box office like this did not perform well people they radically saying if you didn't like the movie we'll refund you and it people returned a bunch of tickets and I'm think, looking back So almost a little too cartoony, like compare it's we're not talking about the original. I know, but there was like some of the, some of the blatant cartoon villainy in this movie took me, almost took me out of it this time watching it critically.
0: Yeah. I, I yeah, there were elements. I kind of point that to it's a nineties movie. It felt very nineties at certain parts. But if you
3: want to go with the comparison or not the comparison, but if you want to, compare it to the other christmas movie that year which played it more straight if you will like i mean i just think uh they were appealing they were appealing to the same audience it's just a matter of which one the audience gravitated to at the time i don't know but i agree like if you look at a lot of 90s movies they are very cartoony but yeah can i share something real quick
0: yeah please do
1: i'm pulling up the script i've been trying to find this ever since you talked about we're talking about santa coming in And that whole it's really kind of a creepy concept, right? On Family Guy, there's a scene where Carter, Lois's dad, just breaks into Santa's house and says, Happy June 16th. How do you like it when somebody breaks into your house and just starts touching all your stuff? (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. It's one of my favorite, it's one of my favorite uh family guy skits. And I I think about it every June 16th. Well, that
3: should obviously be what we do June 16th this year. That episode. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> too bad it's not tv month because then we could do all the family guy christmas episodes that day even though they're vile and morally reprehensible, reprehensible on so many levels
3: there's a law of tissa podcast that refers to that which we'll get to later
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm so excited to talk about this um so with this movie yeah i'm with you guys the 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 villainy of the 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 cartoonishness of the villains but also, her the mom, Dory Walker, her she's just so cold about everything Christmas, and um,
0: everything in general.
1: Everything, yeah, everything in general. She's just, and yet her daughter is this very uh, bright, imaginative kid who's always trying to look on the on the bright side. I don't know. I just I didn't like the mother daughter relationship at all watching it this time.
3: So I'm going to push back that she's too cold. I wouldn't say, I didn't get the impression she didn't want her daughter to have fun. It was kind of like what Julia was saying earlier. She wants her to have realistic expectations in life because she's burned too much. Right, but, but she's I, still like... like I didn't okay. consider her a cartoon mother who didn't like her
1: daughter. I would not think she didn't like her daughter. It's just her mm-hmm. career was much more important and her daughter seemed to be a back an afterthought. The fact that yeah, her I daughter... more of a sense fact, of that. The fact that her daughter had to make a video for her... To communicate with her, was well, I mean, kind of sad to me.
3: In fairness, that's kind of a running theme in Christmas movies, right?
1: It is even, even the
3: one movie. that came out this year, the workaholic parent that has to reconnect with their kid by the end. That's like right. I feel like that's the Christmas movie trope almost.
1: Yeah, it's, it's time for it to die. I'm done with it. I'm over it. <laughs>
0: I guess when you watch it as when you're younger, you don't pick up on some of those tones as much, especially when it comes to like her and her kids and her and a loving relationship with Brian, you know, like you glaze over that, I guess, when you're a kid, because you're not in it for the romance, you're in it for the Santa part. But yeah, watching it this time, I'm like, she's not somebody, if I was Brian, I'd fight too hard to go after.
1: No, I felt more like Brian was some sort of- some sort of manny you know what i mean
3: well i think yeah. for brian that was part of why he was fighting so hard for her because he kind of fell in love with the kid too
0: right well definitely. i, mean, I feel
3: like he would not have been fighting for her so much if she didn't have the kid i mean that's my exactly. own
0: yeah. yeah package deal
3: i mean he you even says deal. when he proposes to her right i've loved her like she's my own
0: mm-hmm. right And she just refuses him it's just shocking
3: Okay, okay, I will say when she refuses him, the way she does it is so cold when she calls him a fool. Like yeah. ooh, That made me wince.
1: Yeah. What do I mean? She's just cold and not a good person. Yeah. Well, Brian is way out of her league. Okay. Yes. I think it's
3: a little, I will agree with that, but I think it's a little much to say she's not a good person. She called him the minute that Santa was arrested and said he's a good man. Help him.
0: So is this movie as much for her change as it is for Susan's?
1: Absolutely. Oh, I think it's more so, so hers. Then.
0: So there's the arc then. She was because just probably pulling it
1: up in the beginning. That opening scene where Susan is watching the uh, the parade from upstairs, and when Santa looks at her and winks, you see yep. that she, she has not decided this yet. Like, she's on the fence. Yeah. To quote X-Files, I want to believe... That's just how I felt about her through this whole thing. She really wants to believe.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, so this movie, um, the climax of this movie is is basically when uh the competitors have goaded Chris Kringle into a bad situation where it appears like he lost his temper and hurt somebody in anger. Which we know it's staged and he really didn't. He did lose his temper, but he didn't really hurt anybody. So they're blowing it out of proportion to discredit him and therefore damage Cole's reputation. It's the whole idea. Mm -hmm. Um, So they end up in the courtroom and our judge is presented with having to rule on whether or not Santa Claus is real. Um, the prosecutors obviously bring people in to say, no, Santa's not real. You know, this army, this air force guy has never seen, you know, anything at the North pole resembling a toy workshop. And, you know, logistically speaking, time would not allow for somebody to deliver, you know, presents to each kid in the entire population of the United States. So on the other hand, we have Brian, who's basically saying, you know, How could you not believe in him? And you can't prove he doesn't exist. So therefore he may still exist. So it comes down to the shoulders of the court to decide whether or not Santa Claus is real. And I've always liked that about this movie. It's similar to the original as well, if you've only seen that one. Um, But I liked kind of a turn. You don't see any other Santa movies like that where it comes down to a court ruling. And I like the way this one resolved itself in the end.
3: This was my favorite aspect of the movie, how it resolved itself. The climax of this film, the judge's little speech. So the judge is about to rule guilty, right? Declare him insane when Mara Wilson, Susan, comes in and gives him a Christmas card because she won't get a chance to otherwise unless she does something bad, which she's not planning on doing. But in the card, she has a dollar bill taped and in God we trust on the bill circled, right? Yep. And uh, that prompts the judge to make this little speech in which he says, The young lady that just approached the bench presented me with this Christmas card, and this. It's a $1 bill. It's going to be returned to her shortly. Which, side note, I liked he made clear he wasn't taking a bribe. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But uh, he continues... But by presenting me with this bill, she reminded me of the fact that it's issued by the Treasury of the United States of America, and it's backed by the government and the people of the United States of America. Upon inspection of the article, you'll see the words, in God we trust. Now we're not here to prove that God exists, but we are here to prove that a being just as invisible and yet just as present exists. The federal government puts its trust in God. It does so on faith and faith alone. It's the will of the people that guides the government, and it is and was their collective faith in a greater being that gave and gives cause to the inscription on this bill. Now, if the government of the United States could issue its currency bearing a declaration of trust in God without demanding physical evidence of the existence or the non-existence of a greater being, then the state of New York, by a similar demonstration of the collective faith of its people, can accept and acknowledge that Santa Claus does exist and he exists in the person of Chris Kringle, Case dismissed. I just love that. I just love the sentiment behind that. And I found a way to tie it back to faith, too, right? Yes. Which is another, another important part of Christmas.
2: Yes. Yeah. And you just want to cheer at the end with
0: everybody else. And I really loved about that, that that this judge was tortured having to rule in the way he was going to. So when you see him get this card and flip the dollar bill over and see it circled, he makes eye contact with Brian. And it's like at that moment, a weight was lifted off of his shoulders and it's exactly what he was he got to do what he wanted to do and not what he felt like he had to. So I love that moment. That moment is awesome.
3: And I loved the pe- the cutaways to the people just flooding the streets of New York, listening to the verdict and cheering.
1: That, 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 that loud all at once, that crescendoing cheer is amazing. Yeah,
0: yeah. So what's I love a courtroom anything. I'm a big fan of courtroom dramas and, and courtroom scenes in general. I think they're exciting. So this... This courtroom feel paired with New York in this movie worked very well for me because one, it's not just the masses, but it's like the outspoken masses. And I think if you have to pinpoint a tribe of people as being outspoken masses, New Yorkers fit that bill very well. Um, (laughs) And I love that about this. I don't think this movie could be set anywhere else, not just because 34th Street's a New York thing, but just because... Um, rallying behind a cause is very well suited to New Yorkers. And I, I love that about this movie. The atmosphere is perfect. Can I say
3: one of my favorite rally behind New Yorkers moments in a film? Yeah. Is, what? is uh the original spider-man film with william defoe as the green goblin and they added the scene after 9-11 to give it more of a hey new york strong together blah, blah blah but the green goblin is like about to impale spider-man on this bridge and like a coke can just hits him in the head and he turns around <laughs> and it's like a bunch of new yorkers out of their cars on the bridge pelting him with garbage and like it's like <laughs> to see, but one of them's like, when you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. And they start swelting <laughs> the goblin to give Spider-Man enough time to distract, <laughs> to get away. So funny. I love it.
0: It's a thing. I mean, it's legitimate. It, it's it's so much of a thing that you don't need explanation. You think of New York and that's immediately what you get. <laughs> you know, that's the response. So I love that they use that for this too. Um All of the celebration after the judge makes this ruling is, it's great. And all of the activity before then too, with all of the buttons and the, we believe and the different shots around New York that seems so dated now because of what they're on, um, were fun to watch too. That nineties nostalgia was, was pretty, (laughs) pretty raring during those moments. For sure. So do we want to just go into favorite quotes and scenes because I have a feeling some of our favorite moments are going to be in that. So one of my favorite scenes, I would imagine y'all probably liked it very much and one that sticks with me forever now is Santa with the deaf girl that sits on his lap so Mm, we oh yep so we get that's exactly the noise i make too. (laughs) the hand (laughs) on my chest and everything every time i see it so he's not just a great santa he's already shown that he can speak different languages which is pretty cool but he's sitting there in coals and this girl this mom brings her daughter up and the daughter's beautiful and smiling at santa and she sits on his lap and he starts to talk to her and the mom is like oh she's She's deaf but she wanted to see you and this little girl is just smiling at him like best day ever smile and he it's not just that he does use a sign language to talk to her it's that he's so taken taken aback by her being deaf initially like you can see it on his face it totally affects him like immediately. And I loved that because it's a human Santa and it's Mm -hmm. not, he doesn't just glaze over it and go right into his, you know, what do you want for Christmas and all of this stuff. He's like shocked immediately by that. And you can tell that he's empathizing with her and it's a beautiful scene. And at the end of it, not just is the little girl very excited that he was able to speak to her in her language, so to speak. But the mom is like also very grateful for it. And and this whole scene, Susan's watching from the side, and and it, it has a lot to do, I think, with her believing in the end.
3: It's magical. But. It gives me all the yeah. feels, and it's it so does. well acted too. Like the mother. Just how grateful yeah. she seemed toward him. Like every now and then, recently, I saw on Facebook videos of Mickey and Minnie at Disney World communicating with a deaf child. Like that, they knew sign language to communicate with her. Yeah. And not only did the kid just look so excited, but if you watch the parent in that video, like, yeah, sobbing that, like, you yeah. know, these childhood icons are bringing this girl joy in her language.
0: I yeah. loved it. Oh, that would absolutely be me if that was me in that situation as a parent. I'd be so grateful. Yep. That has so much to do with why the Santa is so good for me. <laughs> I love him with in his the short Santa. beard. <laughs> I don't even mind the short beard. Um, He's just touched out.
3: on too when even when he spoke the different languages to try to prove to her I'm Santa. Like just hearing him slip in and out of different languages so effortlessly, like mm-hmm. you know that's beautiful. What Santa
1: should be.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He should be.
1: I do wish he'd had his dinosaurs in this, but uh, <laughs> the reindeer worked as well. I liked,
0: the, uh, very,
1: <laughs> I liked the very. I the Yeah, well, maybe not. I guess the dinosaurs didn't work out too well for him either time, did they? <laughs> not really. Um, <laughs> I really like the opening scene where we see the judge with his. Uh, I'm assuming it's his grandson. Yeah, it's his grandson. Uh, oh, it's his grandson. Yeah, and he says, uh, "Ask him, ask him, look at him, grandpa, ask him." And judge says, "Uh, I'm sorry, he thinks you're Santa Claus." And he just Chris just looks down at him and says, "I am," and then says, "Merry Christmas." And I love the kid's response. And it's such a child, he's like, nuts! I should have got his autograph. He's <laughs> just so sweet and cute. Yeah.
3: I, saw, I loved another aspect of Sandra's personality. Like, he would tell parents where they could get the toys cheaper than the shop mm-hmm. he's working at. And that, to me, A, is totally something Sandra would do. B, reminded me oddly enough of buddy the elf because i feel like that's something buddy would do too <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <probably. laughs> and uh see i like they that they didn't do the cliche thing where they he'd get fired over that like it looked like he was about to for a second they but they um that they realized hey this is a good way to make money because people will be more likely to trust us and come here to shop for other things if we direct them elsewhere for the toys
1: i really like that yeah. engagement where um, at first you could tell the guy was just livid and the woman's like you got a loyal shopper if you're gonna do that for parents i'll be here always um yeah and then he <laughs> and then we see that scene where he goes to um uh, where he's pitching Where he obviously had just pitched the idea and um dory's like so you want to do a marketing campaign of something that you heard from santa <laughs> <laughs>
0: so i liked the end scene so what susan ends up taking her mother's advice and asking santa for a dad a house specifically the house from the catalog and a baby brother and when santa gets this request he's like Yo, that that is a lot to ask. You do realize that's a pretty big gift. And so he's even intimidated by it. Um, so I like in the end scene where Brian and Dory end up getting married after midnight mass on Christmas Eve, which by the way, what a cool time and place to get married. I would 100% get married after midnight mass Christmas Eve, or I guess by then it was Christmas day. In an old church with this point set of trees in the background, it's beautiful. Um, and that, they the end please? up. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Are you ready? And then Dory says, "For what?" The priest says, "To get married." <laughs>
3: like, <laughs> I loved it. So, speaking of Dory and his oh, you sorry, you were going on about the house, but I just wanted to interject real quick about the yeah. relationship yeah that's another thing i love their little silent montage set to the christmas carol of their date throughout new york their first date night
0: oh yeah yeah that's a very 90s movie thing too which i quite enjoy
3: Christmassy. i love it it. did
0: it did i love the shot of the tree with the gold angels and the horns at rockefeller center right yeah the Mm -hmm. right tree are there a million gigantic trees like that that's kind of how i picture new york by the way That there are gigantic, beautifully lit trees on every corner. That's the
3: biggest and most beautiful.
0: It's so well lit. I love it. At the end of the movie, Susan, obviously, she has a dad now. And then they drive out to this house (laughs) to take catalog pictures because it just freshly snowed. And Susan's like, nope it's our house. Santa's going to do it because he already did the first thing. And they're like, no, we're just going out to take pictures. Well, they, they show up there and it turns out the house does belong to them now that Chris had organized things so that they would own the house fully furnished. And as Susan is running up the stairs to check her room out, her mom and Brian are now like, they're standing there and her mom goes, what was your other wish? And Susan goes, for a baby brother see ya <laughs> <And> she goes <laughs> up the stairs and they just kind of look at each other like oh boy <laughs> and then smile and it's this perfect ending
3: mara wilson so is such a good child actress.
0: Actress. she was great she really was definitely one of the best ones from oh, that for sure whole time and she was great in mrs doubtfire too
3: and matilda she carried that movie
0: and matilda she did Oh, the music was great in this movie. I think all but one song and I can't think of what song it was. Um they all have that classic feel to them, kind of even that jazzy. I know there the so the date scene, that montage date scene is a whole bunch of saxophone and I've said before I'm not a saxophone fan, but I could I could kind of handle it in this. <laughs> it was all right. Um but in general the music really did set this set the stage for me and Absolutely. added to the Christmas feels really well so I enjoyed that so I like Chris's talk
3: with Dory early on in the movie he asks her you think I'm a fraud don't you and she responds fraud is a bit too strong of a word but you don't believe in me and she replies I believe that Christmas is for children which totally wrong view of Christmas oh, yeah. and he says well your daughter doesn't believe in me either And she says, I don't think that there's any harm in not believing in a figure that many do not, that many acknowledge to be fiction. (laughs) And and I love his response. He says, oh, but there is. I'm not just a whimsical figure who wears a charming suit and affects a jolly demeanor. You know, I'm, I'm a symbol. I'm a symbol of the human ability to be able to suppress the selfish and hateful tendencies that rule the major part of our lives. If you can't believe you can't accept anything on faith, then you're doomed for a life dominated by doubt. And I just thought that was a great answer. And it goes back to that whole faith theme that comes into play at the end of the movie, too. Which yep. I love that this movie played up. But um, it's true. Our adults should have a little more faith in things they can't believe in. That, you know, they can't see. Yep. So believing. Believing, seeing.
0: Look at you working all these different movie references into this. <laughs> <laughs> well done (laughs) thank you (laughs) any other quote scenes general likes
3: i won't read the quote but i again it's an argument in the courtroom that brian makes kind of to the same thing you know about how a lot of people believe in him and what's worse a lie that draws a smile or truth that draws a tear and Mm -hmm. that whole monologue as well was really well written
0: yeah I liked that too. No oh, questions. wait,
3: I do have another scene. And it's right what? after he's cleared and he, the judge declares sin is real. It's the prosecutor, like despite everything, <sighs> he makes a mention of, you know, oh, my son wanted me to tell you something, something, something. Yeah. You know, clearly unsure of this guy. <laughs> and Chris responds, I hope you remove that, what was it, something from the roof, either satellite the satellite antenna. antenna from the roof. Because last year I ripped my pants on it. And the prosecutor just does this double take, like, how did you know there was an antenna on my roof? And I just Uh love that moment between the two of them.
0: Yeah, that's a great moment, because then he has kind of a disbelieving laugh after it real quick, where he does the double take, and then he's like...
3: (laughs) Which reminds me of the moment in the Santa Claus where Neil comes face-to-face with him as when he's Santa at the end. He's like, (laughs) Scott. And Scott looks at him seriously, and Neil's just like... Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part.
0: <laughs> He's putting us into his delusions. <laughs> oh, I love that Neil part. His face is so great when he does. He's like, <laughs> like he out. Oh, Neil's the best. Neil it's is so the funny. best. Movies came out at the same time.
3: A week apart.
0: I had no idea talk about
3: good year for christmas movies
0: good year for christmas movies absolutely do we have a linus moment in this movie yes the whole movie yeah (laughs) the whole arc of the movie for sure but definitely the courtroom is i feel like the major one for me Oh, absolutely. So, definitely a Christmas movie. Well, I want to see where this ranks. So, where are we going to put it?
3: I'm confident in this one. 9.5.
0: That's what I was going to give it to. 9.5. Eight.
3: Which gives us an average of nine. Nice. <gasps> Unse- unseating someone from our top 10. It is the one that unseats Krampus. It pushes Krampus out and it comes in at number six after the muppet christmas carol and mrs santa claus and before a muppet family christmas
1: so we have no horrors in our top 10 left anymore right we don't
3: but i have to give it to krampus for hanging in as long as it did it's pretty impressive
0: it really is i want to watch that movie again
3: you should (laughs) so can we talk about the laws of tis the podcast guys So, we asked last week, well, on our Home Alone episode, Disco 54 commented, First Law of Tissa Podcast, the longer an episode, the more likely they enjoyed the film, and the more likely the episode will descend into chaos. And that made us all laugh so much. So, last week, he put out the challenge to Disco 54 give us the rest of the laws. And he delivered, guys.
0: <laughs> They're pretty spot on, not
3: going to lie. So, Law Number One. The longer an episode, the more likely they enjoy the film, and the more likely the episode will descend into
1: chaos. Julia is the voice of reason, and will keep the boys in line. Unless the film contains sex, violence, gore, excessive bad language, or cruelty to animals, or children, in which case she reserves her right to lose her... Mind. Stuff? (laughs) Her stuff?
0: (laughs) Music is vital to mood. Soundtrack is key to getting better marks and jumping up that table. Absolutely true. Same. Yes.
3: Nostalgia is as strong as a force, but like the force, if not used well, has a dark side. Once examined critically, it can fall apart pretty quickly. We're looking at you, Rankin Bass.
1: <laughs> I'm going to try not to laugh during this one.
2: <laughs> this is my An- favorite. I think. Me too. Talk Anthony. To-
1: Anthony will be harsh and brutal in New York bash on a film. Then give it a nine. Tom will tell him he's wrong and the film was is way better and he'll give it a three. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that one is totally true. <laughs> oh
0: the odd, the weird, the strange, the unloved will always find a home here. When Krampus sits above Family Man and Santa Claus 2 in Gremlins is higher than the Polar Express, you know that tolerance is a high priority here.
3: I actually really like that sentiment. The odd, the weird, the strange, and the unloved will find a home here. That's cute. (laughs) Santa better have a darn good beard.
1: (laughs) And that came up tonight. Yeah. If the family is going to be dysfunctional, they better come together at some point or be hilarious. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: And the best way to all-out war is to mention Christmas and Hollis. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there needs to be Christmas music, like, jingle bells around that part. (laughs) That's so great. This list is great.
3: Uh, Yeah. I believe Jeb Scrib on Reddit commented on the post i had no idea how much i needed this list which was which was true It's well <laughs> that's done. how i
1: feel <laughs> he,
3: he absolutely encompassed our show in nine rules right there.
0: Yep. i don't know if that means we're simple or if we're just on brand i like to think we're on brand and so yeah it works for me and simple <laughs> and also simple <laughs> so thanks
3: disco and feel free to add to the list as we uh grow
0: oh, that's so great
3: so what are you guys doing for thanksgiving this week well what did you guys do for thanksgiving i
1: guess this is our first vegan thanksgiving
0: oh that sounds tragic
1: yeah yeah um (laughs) most of the time it did not bother me but the, the missing the turkey is kind of a kind of hurts um yeah and then we're we went to christmas lights on ceremonies and had a big Shop Small Saturday extravaganza at Christine's store
0: yeah.
1: uh, with some good promos. And, and it was a lot of fun. There were a lot of people there who spent all the money um, <laughs> being a little positive there. We, yeah. And uh, more importantly, my mom is coming to stay with us for five days next weekend. So I'm super excited.
0: That's, That's awesome. awesome.
1: Yeah. She'll be here for her birthday.
3: Happy birthday, Tom's mom. December 1st, the Are same you- day as Rudolph's.
0: I was about to say, are you going to watch Rudolph for her birthday? Because you said she loves it, right?
1: She does. Well, Rudolph aired the first time on her, on her when she was born. So uh-huh. she's got this connection with, with Rudolph. And
2: she got Ellie this
1: little Rudolph thing where you push its chest and it plays music. And she's got one at her house where you – and the nose lights up. But she has one at her house where you press the ear and it does the same thing. And so for a good 20 minutes yesterday, they were on FaceTime. Ellie say, y- you push yours. You push yours. And then she'd push hers. Yeah. <laughs> So that their Rudolphs could play music together. Oh,
0: that's sweet. It
1: was cute. How about you, Anthony? How was Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving
3: was fun. I went out with the cousins on my mom's side of the family the night before, and I was miraculously not hungover Thanksgiving morning, so...
1: (laughs) We we did put a lot of positive thinking here tonight, guys.
3: (laughs) Oh, I could not be hung over because a few years ago, I went out the night before and oh man, I was locked in the bathroom all Thanksgiving day until after dessert, didn't get any dinner because I just couldn't stomach it. Literally. But uh, Yeah, literally. Yeah. So Thanksgiving morning, we watched the parade and then we went upstate to my cousin's farmhouse. He has this big old farmhouse and he's obsessed with American Ninja Warrior. So he has like a replica of the course in his backyard So all the cousins were fools of themselves trying to do that. And uh, we went shopping on Black Friday and went to the Radio City show on Saturday. So it was a great weekend.
0: That's a full weekend. What's funny is is you said upstate New York and farmhouse, and I was about to say the words. That sounds like a Hallmark Christmas movie. When... You broke in with the replica of American Ninja Warrior's <laughs> chorus and that immediately fell off my lips. <laughs> no hallmark feelings gone. <laughs> you need to do that wall, though, if he has a wall.
3: Yeah, Get I'm, right I'm thinking wall. maybe I should uh, live stream it to the page. And Absolutely. Do so that. our listeners can see uh, why there are only two hosts next week. <laughs> What about you, Julia?
0: So we had our home Thanksgiving with just my, you know, just our little family and my parents come over because they're not going to Ohio this, this season. And we got a Greenberg Turkey, which is that famous smoked Turkey from Tyler, Texas that Oprah gave away at her favorite things one year. My dad gets one every year, I guess, and usually takes it to Ohio. So we get to enjoy one this year. Marty is going to be assembling a gigantic play set because it's what my parents are giving my kids for Christmas. And it gets here, it got here the day before Thanksgiving. So he's got that to put together, which should be fun. And then it was just family time and a little extra Christmas decorating outside and all the goodness.
3: That sounds awesome.
0: Yeah. Thanksgiving's great, but it just gets me excited for Christmas. let's face it it's just another box to check off also on the journey to christmas
3: i very much hope time starts to
1: slow down now
0: how many christmas
1: trees do you guys all have this year
0: we have 11 this year all decorated to varying degrees like the babies just has garland on it
1: at our house we have 10 nice (laughs) oh plus the topiary outside so 11 we're at
0: 11 too nice oh i didn't tell y'all i got a hard confirmation this week Last Sunday, as a matter of fact, which was only a few days ago, which is shocking because it feels like a Friday, got a hard confirmation that my oldest two officially do not believe in Santa Claus anymore. I know. Did you show them them, this movie tell you? No, I didn't. What'd you say? Did they just come out and tell you? No. So I was in here wrapping presents with Ethan and we were wrapping Hannah's stuff and he likes to be in here because he likes to know all the stuff. And I was like, so Buddy the Elf which is our elf on the shelf, right? It's like, so Buddy the Elf, what do we think about Buddy? Because I'm pretty sure, I knew pretty sure about Buddy. And he's like, yeah, we, we know about Buddy. And I'm like, how did you find out? And he's like, well, I was, I was pulling stuff out of my stocking um, one Christmas and I noticed it was a bunch of stuff you had on your Amazon cart that you had on your Amazon cart as like a recently purchased. And I was like, hold up. Are we talking about Buddy the Elf or are we talking about Santa? Or are we talking about both? And he's like, both. And I'm like, oh, that's a much bigger thing. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I mean, I was, because he's 12 and Hannah's 14, so I was, but it's different when you get it like out of it. Darn,
1: darn you Amazon.
0: Yeah. So I told him I was like, I have mixed feelings about this because part of me is sad that that, that portion of your childhood is complete. Part of me is like super pumped to have some extra help on moving buddy around every night because I forget to move that stinker. <laughs> So I told him he's responsible for keeping the magic alive for his younger brothers. So that was something.
1: All right. So just a reminder, find us on the social medias. Facebook.com slash tis the podcast, Instagram.com slash tis the podcast, twitter.com slash tis the pod, and our don't forget our subreddit which is r slash tis the podcast and as we mentioned briefly um, we have joined at the uh, launch partners of the christmas podcast network a podcast network of all of the best christmas podcasts around there are other podcasts that uh, there are podcasts that review music hallmark movies another podcast that has movies christmas nostalgia and christmas comedy so there's a little something for everybody we recommend checking it out um, where you can find great podcasts just like this one
2: We've all had that experience of receiving a Christmas gift that we didn't really care for. It happens nearly every year, starting at a young age. A pair of socks from an aunt, some music from a grandparent who must have asked a store clerk for whatever it is the young people are listening to these days, or some generic secret Santa gift. We learn pretty quickly to feign excitement or at least express cursory gratitude, but that doesn't always go according to plan. Like this one Christmas morning in the 90s when I was in my late teens, My mom handed me and each of my four siblings a gift of about the same size and shape. And she said, this gift is the same for all of you, so I want you all to open them at the same time. Okay, so one, two, three, we all unwrap our gifts, we all look at what we had just unwrapped, we all look at each other in confusion, and then simultaneously we all burst out laughing. Like uncontrollable laughter, where you feel like you can't breathe. Because my mom had gotten each of us a tie-dye t-shirt emblazoned with the face of a different Disney cartoon character. I think mine was Donald Duck. My reflex reaction was to wonder who thought Disney and tie-dye even went together. And then my second reaction was to wonder what my mom was thinking. Like was I gonna wear this when all of my Smashing Pumpkins or Jane's Addiction t-shirts were in the wash? Was my sister going to wear hers to complete her Winona Ryder look? My mom couldn't help but laugh along with us, even though I know she was disappointed. And her response was the most mom thing a mom can say. I thought that's what all the kids were into nowadays. Well, some valuable lessons were learned that day. Learn to control your Christmas giggles and never, ever give anything tie-dye as a gift.
1: I really like Brian, guys. Brian, uh, just so you all know, Brian's podcast, Christmas Past, was um, part of the inspiration behind this podcast, right, Anthony?
3: It was. Brian with Christmas Past and Tim at Can't Wait for Christmas are really the two big inspirations for this podcast, this show. They were kind of like uh, the two godfathers we kind of took, uh, you know, looked to when crafting our little show.
0: So, for those of you out there that are patrons of our Patreon site, um, we hope you enjoyed the Friends Thanksgiving episode we dropped on Thanksgiving where we were where we covered all of the Friends Thanksgiving episodes. Um, For those of you listening to this and you have no idea what we're talking about, Patreon is a site where you can get extra content from the podcasts and uh, providers that you love. For a small minimum of a dollar a month, it gives you access to anything extra we put on there. Um, We have a lot of stuff there on there already, including Halloween specials like Hocus Pocus. We covered a graphic novel, Batman Noel that was Christmas themed, which was a lot of fun to get into a new medium. We, like I said, just covered the Friends Thanksgiving episodes, as well as we have a lot of extended episodes. um, For instance, The Office. Christmas episodes, a whole lot of banter there. So, if you're an Office fan, you would probably totally dig it. Um, We're planning some more fun stuff coming up, especially closer to Christmas and just after Christmas commercials. We're looking forward to covering those. We've had a lot of interest on that. And then uh, new Christmas songs and new Christmas albums that are out this year, we're going to cover that as well. So, it's a fun place for us to get away from movies but also a place for us to do movies that maybe aren't specifically themed to Christmas. So if you're interested, come to patreon.com, search for Tis the Podcast, and we would love to have your patronage there.
1: I will just say that Friends episode was so much fun to record. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun.
1: I think it's my, f- my favorite episode we've done yet. So
3: we also keep your eye out, listeners, for a bonus episode in your regular feed coming soon where we talk about the new Kurt Russell Christmas movie, The Christmas Chronicles. But next week, dropping on per usual Monday morning, the first episode in December, Can oh, you do that? Um, we will be covering Frosty the Snowman and the sequel Frosty's Winter Wonderland. And the week after, we will be covering the nativity story. I think it's the 2006 version, right? With Oscar Isaac as Joseph? Yes. Yes. Yes, So those will be fun. So do your homework, guys.
1: And if you were listening to this on drop day, there are only 696 hours until Christmas.
3: Which is less than a month, 29 days.
0: Only four weeks. Can't oh my this. gosh. Yeah, time needs to slow down. It's going like
1: too quickly now. It's, it's really annoying me. Yeah. <laughs> are we
0: ever happy? <laughs> <laughs> so we spent we spend most of the year wanting it to speed up and as soon as we hit december one we're like all right that's it (laughs) we're "We're fussy we
3: hope you had a great thanksgiving guys and we'll speak to you next week
0: bye
3: bye everyone Bye. bye